You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Welcome back to Evolving Truths. My name is Alexis Ray, and with me, as always, is my beautiful and hilarious and wonderful mother, (laughs) Shannon Day. Girl, you have got to stop laughing when I introduce you. Uh, uh, I love it. It makes me smile. And also, I'm pretty sure, and we'd have to go back and listen to all of the episodes, but you just said all those wonderful ways to describe me, and then you said mother. Usually you say mom. Mama, I don't know, it just sounded very official. And I'm happy to be here with you, Alexis Ray, my daughter. How are you doing today? You're right, though. I've never used the word mother, and I know I haven't, but, you know, I'm throwing some authority behind your name. I like it. I'm doing great today. I know we were just kind of laughing and chuckling, and it's nice to, like, be here with you. I don't really have any plans this afternoon after we're done recording, and I'm just kind of going with the flow today. I'm enjoying that. How are you doing? I am good. I have a busy weekend of work and plans. We do this thing every year called the keg hunt where there's a team of us and it's in Old Town Fort Collins and it's a scavenger hunt. The first year we did it, because we messed around so much, we finished with like barely three minutes to go in the whole thing. The next year that we did it, I want to say we came in maybe third. And so bar has been raised. It's really interesting too, because there's a few people on the team that are pretty competitive. And then there's me. They send you to bars and restaurants. And a lot of times the places will have specials or they send us to local stores. So I find myself being the one to chat with people in the store and maybe purchase something and, you know, have fun. I also have been told that I can no longer creatively think. Some people refer to creative thinking in a game as cheating. So many questions. So When you say that we finished with like three minutes left, like how much time do they give you? Oh, hours. Our color this year is purple. Our team is the beer bunnies. We have the same logo. We use it every year with a cute bunny on the front laying against a keg. And then a little saying on the back, it says something like, it's not just beer, it's a lifestyle or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) That's our team. There's tons of people. And I'm pretty sure it's like a five hour time limit, maybe. I don't read the rules. You just show up. Which is also why I think me being judged so harshly for creative thinking. Well, hold on. Let's not. So I'm going to ask you about that that in a second. So, okay. (laughs) We're saying you have five hours. Sure. What, how do you get from all of these places? Oh, our feet. Oh, you're we walking. Walk. Yeah. So like one year we walked over seven miles. Bare minimum, we're probably going to walk about five. Oh, look, here are rules. Yeah, I see rules. And so we all start in the same place. We get little eggs and the egg is filled with a clue. And then you take off 
and get to the next place. And then you have to collect an egg from that place. And a lot of times you have to do something when you get there. So you might have to solve a puzzle or a riddle, or sometimes you have to buy something and you have to pay an exact change. So like we also make sure we have change with us, maybe a safety pin, a bobby pin, a tape measure. Like we try and just kind of load a bag with random things because you never really know what they're going to ask for. Okay, this brings me to my last question of when you say creative thinking or problem solving, like what do you mean? Also this year, it starts at 11, ends at five. So we have six hours. Well, so one year we had to get something from the ice cream store and there was a really super long line. And so I went up near the front and I chatted with the people in line and I said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Like- I'll buy you an ice cream if you'll let me just pop in here with you online and get my egg. And they go, yeah, go ahead. It's fine. I feel like that's great. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Thank you. I thought so as well. My team, however, was like, well, people could see you and think it was cheating and you can't do that. And the rules are very specific about that. So apparently there is something in the rules that say you can't go to front of lines. Also, you have to finish as a team. One year, a distillery was a place that we needed to get a clue and met some fun people at the bar. And so I was just having a great old time and we needed to leave and I didn't want to leave, but I had to leave because the whole team has to finish together. That was going to be my next question. You're drinking throughout this. You can, if you want to. Here in the rules and in large print, drink at your own risk. It is not forcing everyone to drink. That's what's going on in my world. Nice. So this is Easter weekend. Is it always Easter weekend? I really don't know the answer to that question. Gotcha. Maybe. It is called the Easter cake hunt. Well, thanks for telling me that. My Easter plans are on Sunday. It's supposed to be like 90 degrees here. And I'm really hopeful that everyone is not at the pool because they have to be doing like Easter Sunday stuff. And that (laughs) like, I'm just going to have the pool to myself. That's a pretty big ask for the size of your complex, but maybe it'll be nice and quiet. I mean, in that sense, again, I feel like the odds are high. Yeah. May the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah, girl. I think it's three Uh, fingers, not two. Also, speaking of your pool, when I was there visiting and we went on a Saturday, it wasn't crazy, but you definitely felt a Saturday vibe and atmosphere. More energy. Yeah. And then we went again on Sunday and it was like the hungover group. Less people totally toned down. The difference between Saturday and Sunday at your pool is quite amusing. Kind of speaking of that, but also not totally related. When you were here, we bought one of those liquid death drinks and I got them sparkling mango flavor. I drank that last night with my dinner and it was actually pretty tasty. So I think I'm willing to try maybe some of their other flavors too. That was a pleasant surprise. Good. Also, what a crazy name for a product, liquid death. And then the fact that it's water. (laughs) I know. I love it. It's like an oxymoron. Love it. Well, yeah, Yeah. because it's like normally you'd be drinking something that's alcoholic or you're getting, you know, hammered on and Mm -hmm. instead liquid death is water. I love it. Okay, well, now that we're all caught up, mom, you want to introduce today's topic? 
I'm not really sure how to introduce it other than kind of sharing my experience, I, I guess. Think, I think that's a great way to do it. Okay. A few months ago, I was in Denver dog sitting cute puppies, but I went and joined a friend of mine for a workout at board 30. For those not familiar, I'm sure they have them in other parts of the country, maybe named board 60 or no, that it's always called board 30. It's a franchise. 30 for 30 or <laughs> orange. The- <laughs> no, okay. Start over. I mean, you don't have to start over. It's always called board 30. It's a franchise <laughs> and it's like a boutique gym. Noted. Anyway, I went and joined a friend for the workout. I was afraid I was going to die. I'm chatting with you a few months later. So I lived and it was fun. But an interesting thing hit me kind of that day, as well as that week that I was in Denver, because a song came on while we were doing our workout. And this is a song that I had liked. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is a good song. Well, then I found out that this song was played in this movie. At the time, I was separated from my now ex-husband. thinking We're both kind of trying to figure some stuff out and going to work on this kind of space. And then found out from him telling me, weird, but that he went to see this movie with another woman. And mind you, this is not a movie that you just go randomly see i mean i guess i'll just say it. the movie was 50 shades of gray oh shit and the song is love me like you do love me like you do anyway i think it's a cool song but needless to say from that point forward anytime i heard that song i would turn it off music is such a big thing for bringing up memories right 100 percent. but when i was in the workout one, there's nowhere for me to go. Like I'm there. So yeah, I can either it's not like you can be like, skip to the next song, instructor. <laughs> right. But more than that, what I realized in that space was that song no longer has that kind of, I don't know if I want to say hold. I don't feel like it had a hold on me, but I, say I... it wasn't like it's not like triggering to you right. anymore. Right. So much so that as I was doing my workout, I found myself singing it. And later that day, I stuck it in my Spotify and listened to it for a while. And it got me to start thinking about just those experiences in general and how cool it is in this journey of life that we get to edit or rewrite, reframe, like... I, things that I, used to mean something. Yeah. I could have told my friends because afterward we went and grabbed bagel and coffee. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I didn't. I didn't tell anyone. This is the first time I'm actually telling the story. I just said to you, I want to have a conversation about past experiences or things that are reminders of past experiences, being in a neighborhood, hearing a song, a movie, whatever those might be. And then one day when something happens where you're put back in that space, being able to recognize and go like, wow, and and be okay with it, I guess, or even feel good about it. Now, when I hear that song, I have that board 30 workout. Again, that other memory, because what it is, is probably never going to go away. I love that I now have something that feels good. It was a cool experience. For me, I appreciated the fact that it did happen so organically and recognizing for myself the work that I personally have done 
these past years in this one instant being able to go, wow, that's really paid off. I just thought that was really cool and thought I'd throw it out to you if you have any experience with that and love to hear from our fam bam. Our fam bam. Yeah, totally. When that happens, it's like, oh, I, it's like I'm healed. This isn't a terrible association for me anymore. And it is kind of this like acknowledgement of I'm good. I love that for you. I'm so glad that you got to have that experience and reclaim a song that is fun and that you enjoy and that now it can have a new memory tied to that. So thank you for sharing this story with us. And now we're just going to like dive into getting over memories. Ones that, that are hurtful. Yeah. So we can dive into it. I don't know that I really have anything else to add. I just thought it was a cool experience and thought I'd share it with you. See what you might want to have a discussion about it, or maybe we don't need to. I don't know. Oh, yeah, girl. We're having a discussion about this. Music is a huge memory association. There are still songs that make me think of particular relationships specifically. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at the point where I can listen to them versus in the past be like, oh, I'm sworn off of it. It is so, it's not just nice, but it's like comforting that you're okay now listening to this. It could even just be like an old place that you used to go to with someone who was in your life and now they're not, but you would frequent that place together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of this reminds me of the corkscrew analogy. Every single time you're triggered by an old memory or like an old relationship idea or thought or picture comes across your phone, like with the iPhone or Google Photos, sometimes it'll put together like slideshows for you. Just randomly send you memories thinking you'll love them. Yeah. And a handful of the memories that I get are from periods of my life that are past relationships. When you're in the relationship, it's great because you download it and send it to your partner and you're like, oh, babe, look how cute we are. And then when it happens and you're not in the relationship and depending on where you're at in your healing process, you're either like, oh, this idiot or this piece of whatever, or you're just like, oh yeah, that was a really nice, cute time in life. And I appreciate what I took from that. And I'm glad I'm not there anymore. Mm -hmm. I always like when people post stuff like that on, on the FB where they're like, thanks, Facebook, you know, when it's an old, old memory. That is somewhat presumptuous though. I feel like of Facebook and Google photos. I get the intent, but I'm not sure they've fully thought through the consequences of their actions, but I digress. Me too. And just staying on the photo thing for a second. Are you the type of person that will go through and like delete old pictures from past relationships? And I also know it's kind of weird asking you that because I know the one. only relationship you've had has been my dad. So it's like, and that was like 20 something years. So that would be really hard and weird to delete like 20 years of your life. So maybe you're really not the target audience for this question. 
Yes, I delete pictures. Oh, okay. You do? I do delete pictures. Yeah. I, I mean, there's some that I might hang on to. One, if I think I look really good in them. Yeah, girl. Obviously, any family ones that you were in, (laughs) or it was a fun memory that we had somewhere mountain biking or camping. A lot of our pictures were doing those sorts of things or back when we were bodybuilding, unless we want to go back to when I was way younger, but back in that day, cell phones were not a thing. So Google wasn't helping me with my memories. I guess people who were formerly in your life as a friend, and then, you know, maybe something really crappy happened or, you know, you found out who they really were. And those ones I have absolutely no problem deleting. Really? Oh my gosh, you are so cutthroat. (laughs) And everyone says, I'm the cold-hearted one. Stop it right now. (laughs) Well, I keep the pictures. Okay, well, I keep the pictures. And I keep them because that was a chunk of my life. And if I just, like, deleted them, then those memories would be gone. You're not deleting them from your head. You still know that chunk of time. Yeah, but like they played a piece and whatever was captured in those moments were like real and authentic to that time and place. Do you keep every single picture that you have with that person or do you keep if it's something that's like specific to a time or a place or do you keep all of them? I mean, I don't keep the nude ones, but I keep the regular one. Here's me for those who can't see me plugging my ears and going blah. I delete the dirty ones, but I don't like go back through and delete them. Okay, mom moment. All those people that you really trusted and either have nudes of or they have nudes of you. Keep in mind, once it goes away, it's not yours anymore. So, I mean, mom, I already told you I can never go into politics. This is a message for anyone listening who maybe hasn't experienced this. These people who have nude pictures of Alexis that she's no longer dating or in a trusted relationship with still have them. So just think about that if you're getting ready to take those kind of pictures or send them. That's all. Today's public service announcement. If you plan a career in politics, don't share anything that you don't want to get circulated. And I have had it cross my mind that like, well, either that or go find them and just put them all out there in the very beginning and say, I am here running in your town for this community position. This is what you're going to find as you investigate me. Let's do this. I also think as the generations continue to age of the millennial generation, I would be willing to generalize that the minority of them have not sent naked pictures. I think it's just a part of the digital age. Yeah out here getting freaky anyways those are the ones that I delete and I keep all the rest sometimes that's a good thing for me and sometimes that's not a good thing for me but it feels worse to me to delete them circling back to what we're actually talking about reclaiming memories and songs and making new memories to them And the acknowledgement of the work that you've done to grow past what it once was. What have you done in the past handful of years that has allowed you to have this random song come on and you be like okay with it to the point that you added it to your liked playlist again? 
I just expected this to be a fun topic and not not get deep. That just felt deep. Well, I do think therapy played a huge role because that provided a safe space to talk about things you don't really feel like you could ever say to anyone else. And then input and guidance from the therapist on, have you tried this? Or have you thought about this? Then getting myself to a point where I recognized, even though I was told that situation was all my fault and that I was responsible for it and responsible for all the shit that my ex-husband was dealing with, I got myself to a point to recognize, no, that was not the case. That took a lot. None of this happened overnight. This experience was just a few months ago in 2023. I was separated in 2014. We're talking about almost nine years. And I think, again, to me, the piece about it that still is cool, and and maybe this lends itself towards your question of what have I done, is the fact that it happened just the way that it happened. It wasn't something that I intentionally, you know, went to therapy thinking, yeah, or I need to get over this or put this challenge in front of me to see if I can handle it because I focused on myself, which was like a first, (laughs) I think I could honestly say for me in my life, I could do what I needed to do for me. And I'm not saying this in a selfish, like in a healthy way, right? Healthy for sure. Focusing on myself and working on not blaming others. I can sit down and have a really honest conversation about my divorce without anger, without hurt. Sometimes there's still a bit of sadness more for the individuals, for myself and ex-husband and the pain that we were going through at that time, sadness in that space. And obviously the pain that it caused you more okayness. Is that a word? More accepting of emotions and all of the emotions. I would say those are things that I have done, work that I've done. And then surrounding myself with people that let me be me, that fully accept me as me without comments, head shakes, eye rolls. I mean, sometimes I can be a little bit. So I do occasionally get a head shake or a, okay, Shan, but I know that it's it's not in a negative way has been helpful to that point too. And through this whole process also alone time, like I really had to have periods of time and sometimes long periods of time where it was just me. And I think that's a piece that often gets overlooked when healing or going through a grief process, a breakup, something like that. Is that time just just to be me? Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I wasn't quite expecting that question, but that's what I did. I don't know that there's a answer at all, but for anyone listening and myself included, if you've gotten to the point that you've had a result that other people desire, we don't want to gatekeep how we got there. Valid. From everything that you just offered us as 
options for ourselves to take and apply to our own lives, there's a few things that I want to pull apart with you. The ability to have a conversation now about your experience with separation and divorce and to not get choked up about it or overly emotional in that moment. I can relate to that in my case, getting to the point where I can talk about the car accident and not get overly emotional or choked up. And then the counter of that was walking into my primary cares office in January and sitting down in front of him, having you on the phone with me as support and to be able to listen to what he said, because I knew I needed that from like a memory standpoint, but getting choked up and having a hard time explaining to him what my experience has been because it was still so emotionally raw. And from what you're saying, it takes me back to that corkscrew idea again. And I feel like now that is the end of the corkscrew, like the tip where Mm. the corkscrew ends is getting to the point where you can have a conversation about that particular topic or experience and not be emotionally triggered like you can just acknowledge yep this is what I went through this was my experience this is what I learned this is what I took away this is what I left behind and I guess I recognize that that's because you've made enough revolutions around that corkscrew you've gone past enough triggers enough tough times enough conversations enough pulling it apart that you can look at it at the same time as having felt all of those emotions that now you've just gotten to the point where you're like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time moves on, whether we like it or not, whether we want it to or not, we get to choose how we go through that time. You've probably talked with people who had a breakup years ago and are still bitter about it. I didn't want to live that way. It's not just time, it's the work that you do. Like you say, oh, we could talk to someone who's still bitter. Okay, well, they're probably still bitter because they probably haven't done the emotional work to not feel bitter about those circumstances anymore. So in my case, my car accident, like I can still be a functioning adult. I can still function with the exception of when I have a migraine flare and then it's debilitating and I can't function. But- Overall, I'm extremely lucky to have walked away from the accident, period. Mm -hmm. I still, like, I don't blame the person that was driving, but I'm still freaking pissed that I was in this accident that has completely changed my life and Mm -hmm. my health and my ability to be a version of myself that I no longer get to be or may never have the opportunity to be. I do think that time will continue to make that easier because I will continue to adapt and I will continue to keep living and I will come to terms with the fact that like this isn't going to define me and I am going to keep living and it's going to be okay. But I don't know that I will ever not feel some resentment towards that incident in my life because it was so altering. Mm -hmm. I can say, oh, it was a great redirect and like, yeah, I'm living in Arizona now because of the chain of events that were set off by that accident. Cool. But would I have much rather gotten to the point that I was living in Arizona under a very different set of circumstances? You bet your sweet fucking ass I would. Like, 
And I'm sorry for cursing, but it's like that emphatic to me. I don't think that it's unreasonable to say that there may be circumstances. And who knows, like maybe a relationship event or occurrence was that traumatic for some person that they may never be able to relinquish that. And I'm still doing the work. I'm still in therapy. Like (laughs) I'm still processing all of that and I guess we'll find out when we're in Evolving Truth season 100 of if there's been (laughs) enough time between the accident and me reaching an end point Mm -hmm. but I think it's just really important to be able to say like it is possible and it is time but it's also like feeling the feelings and being able to just say this sucks Mm -hmm. and it sucks that I'm going through it and it sucks that I'm here and it sucks that life gave me this set of cards and that's okay it can just be shitty yep one of our previous guests reggie d ford who is author of persevering through severe dysfunction shares his experience growing up and he says no the trauma was not your fault but what you do from there acknowledging it like yeah this really shitty stuff happened and now what especially when we are in a place where we can do that and not having it make us just bitter not happy always pointing fingers at someone else kind of person it takes me back to the radical acceptance like we talked about radical acceptance in season two and it was in the context of we're making this decision so just make the decision be good with it accept it wholeheartedly and keep going but it's also radical acceptance of circumstances that we did not ask to be in Mm -hmm. and being able to just say objectively okay this is where i'm at i understand why i'm here and what am i going to do to keep moving forward in life. I think that's how you win at anything, whether it's getting over a relationship, whether it's getting over health challenges, career, grief. I mean, I don't know, but it's just continuing to put one foot in front of the other and accept the circumstances for what they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. And then to bring this back to a fun space, getting to have those times that pop up, like that experience that I had at board 30 when that song came, I'm like just having something that happens in your life where you go, wow, look at this. And it gets to be probably a little bit different for all of us, but we all probably still feel it to a degree. It was a cool experience to have. Okay. Well, one last thing that I want to pull out of like the suggestions that you made. Yeah, that that was my experience, what I did. I'm not suggesting anything to anyone. Okay, so out of all those things that you shared with us, there's one other thing that I want to pull out. And (laughs) that's what she said. (laughs) I love it. The time that you said, I just needed me. Like I just needed to be Hmm. on my own. I'm relating to that in a different way now since moving to Arizona and the time that I've been here and going through this crisis, like I feel that I want to sleep in the middle of my bed. I want to be alone. I don't have a problem going to a restaurant by myself. I'm not seeking someone's attention or time, but more than anything else. And I said this to my therapist the other day is I'm tired of giving pieces of myself away to partners. Mm. And I want to just 
give my time, attention, and love to myself. So I'm just going to say to the just me era, like, I'm happy to be here. It's been interesting to explore. And I'm looking forward to continuing to choose me first. Love it. Society makes us think that we have to do it with someone else or especially with a partner. I really did my best to not look for things to just fill my time because I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. And I feel like some people go through situations and their way of coping with it from that point forward is to continually feel their time so that they don't have to feel anything, either about that situation or anything else that might be in their life. And I knew I didn't want to do that. Kudos to you, girl. Thanks, Lex. Love you. Love you. This has been great. fun. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You would think we planned that, but we didn't. You tell me if you agree or disagree with this statement, but we do that a lot where we we laugh and then like take the same inhale at the end of our laugh. Yeah. When I was just visiting you and a couple nights we went over to one of your friend's house and had dinner and we're hanging out and doing things there and something would happen and we would both respond the same way and she would turn around and look over at us from the couch like, okay, there's a lot of similarities. So if it's because we have spent so much time together over the last couple of years where I've like picked it up or is it just like the mother-daughter vibe? Like I just have you in me. What is that? So thoughts from anyone about times that you've had an experience similar to this where you did either intentionally rewrite a memory or something came up and you recognized like, oh, this used to do this and now it's this. Like examples of that, anything that you did that goes along with what we've shared here today, or if there's something different that worked for you, share that because I'm sure that all those in the fam bam would love to hear what that is. Reach out. You are not alone. Thank you so much for being here. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please follow the show on whatever platform you are listening. If you can rate the show, leave a review, that helps us grow. Send this episode to someone that you would like to support or that you think they could relate or take something away from this. That would be extremely helpful for us as well because it's an honor to be here with you and we have the goal of reaching more people. So thank you for your love and support in our efforts there. Other than that, mom, anything else? That's it. Thanks for being here. Until next time, please remember life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis and the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.